0: Exsurge Deus discipentur inimici eius et fugi quo derunt Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelo, defend nos proelio. Contra nequitiam et diablias do praesidium. Imperatilideus supplicas de percamur, duque princeps militai calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos qui ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sagratissimum miserere nobis, Mater dolorosa ora pro nobis. Sancti Joseph ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus e Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salviérimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. We are back. After a tremendous bout of bad news, meaning actually in the news cycle, stuff that just made me absolutely vituperative, with venom and viciousness. I found that I couldn't actually record, I couldn't even actually finish a sentence without wanting to, you know, say things that are decidedly un-Catholic about the people who were inflicting all of these things on us around the world. And I realized that a goodly portion of it had to do with the fact that I was exhausted At my day job, we just finished a very large project, a major project, took 40 days and 40 nights, and that is not a joke. After a long stint of 14, 16, and 18-hour days, we finally got it done, and that airplane is now delivered. Glory be to God in the highest. And so, (laughs) I come back to looking at the news. And it's still disgusting. In fact, I would say that the most palatable news to talk about is Elon Musk's attempted purchase of Twitter. And there are some other things that are coming up. You know, the obvious, um, well, is it a false flag when it's a virus? I guess I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. The new news talking about the monkeypox, which is quite possibly the most ridiculous, like seriously, when you look at the news headline and it's monkeypox, a monkeypox be on your house, it is lame. And that nonsense with the Supreme Court where they decided to leak a draft opinion, which it looks by the way like it's going to be the real opinion, so you know, that'll be awesome. Nothing like burning cities and angry mobs and all that other stuff. Although I have noticed a little bit of flag in that, in that, and when I say flag, I mean as, as actions begin to flag, another way of saying, saying waning. Because the fact is, is that these monsters came out and they're like, We're gonna, we're gonna come by your house and we're gonna scream that we can shout out our abortions and we can kill our babies. And they've actually given themselves up to being the most wretched human beings on the face of the earth. Barely deserving of the name demonic, diabolical monsters. And by the way, in this particular case, it does in fact take one to know one. I know full well the depth of my monstrosity because I contemplated time and time again inflicting my monstrosity upon them. Which is why we had to back off for a little while. The abortion debate and some of the ridiculousness that has managed to come out of the mouths of supposedly elected officials, and we're going to go with supposedly elected officials. I don't believe that California has actually had an honest election in 30 years. You're talking about a state with a supermajority of people of bad ideas. And if that's the case, then that means there's some 30 million or nearly 30 million as the population of California continues to dwindle, as their cities decay into utter desolation. Supposed voters who are actually on board with poop in the streets? Oh, well, people are pooping in the streets, so we're going to get a poop patrol. Well, that's awesome. People are dying of drug overdoses, so we're going to give them safe smoking kits so they can drug safely. Well, that's a great idea. The state of California and the many cities who like to emulate those very same policies are all degenerating into total cesspools with the stench that is akin that that is commensurate to it and yet they still keep going they still keep going the latest thing having to do with twitter is now calling free speech fascism And I suppose the other piece of good news related to that is in the aftermath. So, for those of you who missed the cycle of events, they did the announcement that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter. And then the very next day, the United States government, in a fit of Orwellian madness, stands up a disinformation governance board. And then they put the scary Poppins, Mary Poppins Cruella DeVille version queen of disinformation as its head who happens to be close friends with the Taylor Lorenz of doxing the libs of TikTok fame. Which, by the way, kudos to Taylor Lorenz for finding a way to make sure that everybody knows her name even if it is known with contempt and loathing. And all of the while, Talk about Russia and Ukraine seems to have dwindled. Although, in an entertaining twist, George W. Bush, Bush the Younger, or Baby Bush, as some people like, has come out in a statement that we cannot allow one man to declare war. And then, in the monumentalist of Freudian slips, talks about the invasion of Iraq. Quite magnificent. So we can see that these people are falling apart. They ha- they are now falling apart like, le- like the leprotic souls that they are. It's not a physical leprosy, to be sure. It would make sense, obviously, because many of these people are certainly deserving of the affliction. But a spiritual leprosy where you can tell that they're leaving the very essence of themselves behind. (laughs) Absolutely maddening. All the while, we've got Ukraine, we've got Twitter, we've got the disinformation board, we've got abortion... And all of that to distract from the fact that we're looking at a monumental, a colossal, a catastrophic degradation of our supply chain to the point of inflicting famine on the global population up to and including that shining city on the hill, the United States of America. And there have been many controversial opinions that have come out about it. And in truth, I've taken time to actually just kind of sit and listen because I didn't want to get out there and start spewing venom in every direction. And the reason why I knew that I would end up spewing venom in every direction is because when you look at the manifestation of all of these bad ideas and the people responsible, they are the baby killers. They are the ones who finally, after weeks and weeks and weeks of saying a trans a trans woman is a woman, have finally come out and begun saying the word woman. And I found that I couldn't even escape to the vapid entertainment that I enjoyed, you know, as a younger man, in part because the stuff that I used to enjoy as a younger man was largely degenerate and I don't enjoy it anymore. And the new stuff, in search of something that is not chock full of blasphemy that is not chock full of degeneracy, I tell you what, it's almost impossible to find. And as much as I love The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and like stories, there really is only so much of that I can watch. And so, (laughs) with no means of escape... You just turn it off when you can. It's. It truly is tragic to see the state of our culture when you can't even. <laughs> when you can't even run to what used to be the headquarters of good programming. I mean, you know, kids' shows and all that stuff and, you know, whatever. But Disney having taken over Lucasfilm and Marvel, I think they lost the plot. They've reached a point now where they can't even create a television show or a movie that is about the main character of legend. So, for example, Doctor Strange. As I understand it, Doctor Strange didn't even make it into the final quote-unquote fight scene, the big boss battle, as it were, the thing that you expect to see at the end of a movie or, you know, at the climax of a movie when everything is either going pear-shaped or, going, or finally turning the corner, they couldn't even be bothered to put him at that moment. Instead, someone else carried the ball. Why? Because the new characters have to be better in some way, shape, or form. Now, I know that I've probably crossed a lot of lines. There are a lot of people who are going, oh, Disney, I can't believe you're watching Disney because Disney's the devil. Well, the tragedy was, is they were also the only ones putting out anything that wasn't full of venom. And it looks to be like they can't hold on to the plot. So I just kind of hover around some of the older movies, the things that used to inspire me do a little bit of spiritual reading. Admittedly, when you're, when you're working 18 hours a day, trying to sit down with a book is almost impossible. But we're back. We can focus again. I don't have all of my attention pointed in one direction. And I think it's actually rather entertaining because in my life, my di- the the direction that I was pointed in was the same direction in the media. <clears throat> now I'm going to divert a little bit because there's something I've begun to notice in the traffic in in the tra- in the traditional Catholic sphere. In the trad sphere. And it's extremes. There are, there seem to be, there seems to be a significant amount of chatter. And I don't know exactly how much of this chatter is coming from actual Catholics. But there seems to be a fair amount of chatter looking to Elon Musk as as the savior of social media and possibly the savior of mankind. And that has spawned its inverse twin. The... Why are you looking for him as a savior? And then pointing out all of his inadequacies. And I suppose those are two ways you can go. But the fact is, is that as a Catholic, you should always be looking for the middle way in the first place. Now, I've been actually following Elon Musk's career since he founded SpaceX. I've been following him very closely. Why? Why? Because while I self-identify as Caleb the Mechanic, I am an aircraft mechanic and an aerospace enthusiast. And so things having to do with flight and spaceflight immediately catch my attention in the world. So when he stood up SpaceX, and SpaceX moved in the direction that they were going in, and have done so very, very successfully... I paid attention. And then I paid attention to the other ventures. Obviously, I'm a conservationist, not an environmentalist. And so I don't subscribe to electric cars. Personally, having seen the way electric cars are made, from the from the mine where you get the batteries to the final production, I am against electric vehicles. They're a nice little novelty. But to produce electric vehicles and mass is highly destructive to the environment. I know this. I've seen it. I've seen the pictures. It is horrifying what the total production of an electric vehicle does to the Earth. So I'm ardently opposed because when you compare what electric vehicle production does to the Earth, just the battery production alone, and compare that to drilling for oil, they're not, it's not even a good comparison. Drilling for oil is much better for the earth. Risky in some cases, however, still significantly better. Now you wanna make the argument for nuclear powered cars? I'm there. You wanna make the argument for nuclear powered airplanes? I'm there. You wanna make the argument for nuclear powered spacecraft? I'm there. The materials are safely extractable. The materials are safely usable. And while there is some risk, especially with the sort of horrific driving that we have on America's roads and around the world, there are some risks for some contamination. I think that if those risks were in place and you knew that if you wrecked your car, you might destroy a city, which is actually superb hyperbole. But you might poison a few people if you wrecked your car. I think people would actually become better drivers just on their own. But you want to make the argument for nuclear, I'm there. Because nuclear is better. And the technology that we have for electric vehicles is actually better supported with nuclear power. It simply, it just is. But I'm overall not a supporter of electric vehicles, certainly not battery-powered electricity. Now, if you want to make the case with the construction of coal coal and natural gas plants, with the construction of new nuclear plants, if you want to make that case where we can actually build a robust electrical grid to support it, okay, I'll tolerate it. But the advances that we've made in petrol technologies should not be given away. And that's exactly what they're doing. And Musk is actually, for better or for worse, he's an icon of that transition. And no, sir, I don't like it. I don't. Flat out. But I'm absolutely with him on space travel, and I'm absolutely with him on Starlink, and I'm absolutely with him on Neuralink, given what it is that he's looking to do. Now, can it be misused? Yes. Can we get to a point where we do some truly diabolical things, particularly in the case of Neuralink? Yes. That is a risk I'm willing to take as a Catholic to see people who are paraplegic or quadriplegic regain physical function that is a risk I'm willing to take to see the technological developments that can aid mankind in the exploration of the outer planets why? not because I want mankind to sit on the throne of God no in point of fact I want altars to God built on every planet that we can get our grubby little hands on. And if there are, in fact, entities, I'm going to say entities. Here's the thing. It is a really big universe out there. And the idea that there's not sentient life seems ridiculous to some. It's not ridiculous to me. The idea that there's nothing else out there is not ridiculous to me at all. Neither is the idea that there might be another human race out there that needs the gospel. God didn't tell us everything he did. Why would he? Seriously. Honestly, why would he? Who are we? But if there are other humans out there, if there are other sentient species, which is to say, not food, which by the way, in my category of, in my categorization of animal life, there are only two categories, food and not food. And not food is either not food because it's, you know, just excessively disgusting, or it's not food because it's sentient, which is to say basically human. And it doesn't matter if he decided to paint with different with different colors and there are, in fact, little green men on other worlds. If they are, in fact, men, in the sort of biblical sense of the word, if they are children of man after a fashion, then guess what? They need the gospel. This, by the way, is a normal line of thought. In fact, it is so normal that Isabella Catolica assumed this model. Now, even if there's not, there's no reason why we can't build cities on other planets. There's no reason why we can't colonize other planets, aside from the excess and difficulty in doing so. But these things don't make us less human. We're still human. We're still human created in the image and likeness of God. And if there is some technological advancement that is needed to make us capable of these things, then so be it. As I said, altars erected to the Most High God on every planet we can get our grubby little hands on. (laughs) I don't see a problem with this. Now, there are some who do. And that's fine. I don't actually have disagreement with the people who are like, oh, but this could be, yes, you're right. We got the internet, and the internet ended up being 50% porn and 50% everything else. Okay, we got it. We got smartphones, and smartphones were a little bit of a good. They were about 50% good and 50% bad. Social media addictions and all of of that nonsense. I got it. I can tell you that it probably would have gone another way had the prelates in the church not abandoned their posts in properly catechizing the people. And they've gone so far, let me tie this back to the church real quick, that now, in this meeting on meetings, this synod of synodality, this most bureaucratic of nonsense... Which is basically only designed to either turn the church gay or turn the laity into the into the priests. No matter what, they, they either want to make us they either want to make us embody the sins that cry out to heaven for justice, or they want to invert the natural order in the priesthood. So nothing good is going to come out of the synod of synodality, and it shows. But if they're going to do these things, then maybe we just take them up on it. They don't have the power to excommunicate because they've abandoned the faith themselves. You want to know why that traditional monastic who was just ordained, an incredible theologian who was ordained illicitly hasn't made big news? Well, that's, that's the principal reason. Because if they come come out against him and they say, you're excommunicado, well, guess what? Everybody's going to look at them and go, well, you guys don't even believe in the faith, so what do you know? You don't have the moral authority. You scarcely have the spiritual authority. And to exercise the authority in that way, guess what? That in and of itself is illicit and invalid. So, bump it. What are you going to do? I am a supporter of the Neuralink project insofar that it is a good. Is it going to be abused? Yes. Is he possibly opening the gateway for us to be able to quote-unquote download our memories and our quote-unquote consciousnesses into possibly artificial bodies or whatever so that we could live forever? Maybe. 50-50 shot. It's probably going to happen. But as with all of the other things that have ever been done in history to include the erection of cities where we get the word civilization in the first place there's good and there's bad. If Rome would hold the faith, guess what? Prostitutes will still be in the alleys around the holy city. bishops would still be corrupt. Not all of them. But even if Rome upheld the faith, you would still have corruption at all levels. You can get lost in all of these things, or you can simply live out your faith. If these things are possible, if if space travel becomes widely possible, if Neuralink ends up becoming both both the major boon To humanity and the total degeneration of humanity, guess what? It's going to be just like every other thing. Up to and including the invention of the wheel. Every other thing. Think about it the invention of the knife. Good thing, knives are excellent tools, and they're also the first weapon. The invention of the spear, good thing, helps in hunting, also war. The automobile, the refrigerator, the internet, space travel, airplanes, good things, also terribly, terribly abused. So maybe, just maybe, as a Catholic people, we don't get so tied up. Oh, this is going to be the abomination of desolation. Dear family, we already have that. The abomination of desolation is headquartered solely within the rejection of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is solely within the rejection of God, God's laws, the the natural order that he put into place. That is what makes all of these things evil. The Tower of Babel, had it instead been a shrine onto which that we could build an altar to the Most High God, would have gone to the stars because God would have led it. It was not the tower that was evil. It was not the erection of a holy city, of a great city, of a grand city. It was the rejection of God. And the failure to recognize that even all of those inventions, all of those creations, all of those constructions owe their existence, their very existence down to the very brick and mortar of the tower or the copper wire of the computer. All of it owes its existence to God. And our capacity to make these things out of what God has given us is only by the grace of God. And as long as we continue to recognize that it is by His grace, we can do all things. Anything we can imagine. So long as we recognize that it's by His, by His grace and within His order. This has always been part and parcel with the gospel. Dear family, we already ate the forbidden fruit. It's already been done. That was done millennia ago. Had we never done so, then all of the things that we would have done, dear family, understand. There still would have been the. De- if you look in scripture, we still would have had the development of metalwork. We still would have had the development of agric- like agriculture to advance to its uh, to the degree that it did. We might not have actually ever developed warfare. But towering cities? There's nothing wrong with them. Grand cathedrals? You're not going to tell me there's anything wrong with a grand cathedral. There's nothing wrong with that. Flight. space flight, Sailing. Nothing wrong with any of these things. All of the things that we do, we're given the instruction to do those things in Christ. Time and again in sacred scripture, all of our works dedicated so that they are for him, by him, through him. So we can dial it back a little bit. And we should dial it back a little bit.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door.
0: Meanwhile, all of that griping I did talking about the fact that most of modern media production has descended into degeneracy. The closest thing we have to anything Christian is pure flicks, where to be sure, they definitely give homage to God. But since it's largely Protestant, thankfully they know not what they do, but they blaspheme. They denigrate. They oversimplify. Where's the movie production company that actually tells the lives of the saints? Where are the audiobooks? The podcasts? Actually, that gives me a really great idea, if it would be possible. I don't know. In some cases, it would be difficult to obtain the, uh, the licenses. But it would be a really good idea. Where's the digital entertainment for Catholics? The actual legitimate entertainment. Because what is it, seriously, what is it that we find most entertaining? They're grand stories. It's the whole, like, it's literally, I think it's why the word history is the way it is, is because it is ultimately his story. His in the mankind sort of sense. So, where are the movies about St. Catherine of Siena? Where are the movies about St. Joseph Cupertino? Where are the movies about St. John of Capistrano? Where are the movies about St. Ignatius? St. Francis Xavier? Isabella Catolica. Where are those movies? Maybe we should actually get to making those. Because I can tell you for certain, there are stories I would never get tired of. But we gotta do it. And the fact is, is that we're in an area, If we're in an arena where it's difficult enough for Catholics to live their lives out as Catholics. And to make genuinely Catholic entertainment is nearly impossible. I mean, you saw how they gutted the Fatima story. And we just don't have the capacity for the production value for something like that to actually do the Fatima story properly. And plus, there's the assumption that nobody wants to hear about penance. But you're going to sit there and tell me that it wouldn't have been cool to see, you know, the July apparition where the children are shown, or uh, the, the apparition where the children are shown hell? It's well within our technical know how these days. And yet, and yet. If there's any fault to be had with all of these technological developments, because the technology will continue to carry forward. If there's any fault to be had, it is because we have not moved forward to make sure to sanctify it. And we don't have to compete with it. We don't need competition. But when you get your phone, when you get your television, when you get your computer, when you get your car, You don't just do the Protestant Pez dispenser stuff by having it blessed so that this way it can protect you. And this, I mean, to be sure, to be sure that is part of the deal. But I'm going to use an automobile, for example. What if included in the blessings, you included a supplication that God would strengthen your guardian angel to keep you from flipping your lid to make you an attentive driver to not just drive but to drive in a manner that's catholic what if you did that for your computer for your cell phone What if you did that for everything in your life, like you're supposed to? You wash the dishes, you wash them catholically. You take out the trash, you take out the trash like a Catholic. You drive, you drive like a Catholic. You pray, you pray like a Catholic. You go to school, well, stop going to school. You go to work. Work like St. Joseph. By him, through him. For him, in him. Pretty simple. Hard to do, uh, to be sure. I know full well how much I struggled trying to apply all of these exact same things to my work Tomorrow, tomorrow night's episode, we're going to have Mike with Restoring the Faith. And we're going to talk about ESG. And we're going to talk about the finance system. And we're going to talk about what's coming financially for America and the world. And we're also going to talk about the battle that is about to be had on that exact same global financial level between... Institutions and organizations like BlackRock. And people like Vivek Ramaswamy. There's a battle about to ensue. And hopefully, we can beat this Leviathan. Because i got to be perfectly honest with you. We're going to go through a lot of suffering before we get there. And if this monster is allowed to be put into place, the suffering will only get worse. And the suffering will only get worse because we are not the type of people to endure suffering. And many souls will be lost. Possibly even the elect. That's what's coming. That's what's been prophesied. It's in the books. It's in sacred scripture. It's been in Catholic prophecy for 500 years. Or more, honestly. But that thing which we thought was coming, that thing that we knew was on its way, but we kind of thought it was going to be a little bit longer, may not be a little bit longer. And I'm not telling you all of this to make you despair. In fact, rejoice. Rejoice and repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Because God's justice is finally going to walk the earth. Whether you want it or not. Whether the people are willing to yield or not. We've reached that time in our history. So rejoice. Because we're here. Because this is the time of great saints. Saints who will be martyred, not necessarily physically, although that is happening, by the drove. But saints who are being martyred day in and day out physically for the God or excuse me spiritually for the gospel. Saints who are fighting to keep their souls intact in a land without chastity without modesty without humility in a land swollen with pride corpulent with greed and made soft with sloth. That's the world that we're in today. It is a fat, lazy, hungry beast looking only for the next pleasure, looking only for the next dopamine fix, or the next hit of norepinephrine, or the next hit of meth, or cocaine, or heroin, or fentanyl. Who are simply looking to feel good because we just can't be bothered to feel bad. Who are completely completely unaware of the fact that we are now living in a time where the younger generations are being bled Not necessarily by demons. Not necessarily by monsters. Not necessarily in a physical manner. But we are living in a time where the generation of revolution has decided that it is going to eat all of its children. It's the thing that I've noticed most obviously if you, When you look at all of the powers that be, who are they? They're all boomers. The entire baby boomer generation has decided to devour all of its offspring. Why? So they can be fat and happy. So they can sit in their retirement homes or in their home after retirement and glut themselves on ice cream and vapid entertainment, devouring even the babies the children with degenerate entertainment like Euphoria or Cuties completely unaware of the fact that they are destroying the human race they are the generation of destruction aided in part by the Gen X very mildly by the Gen X and even less so by the millennials, all of whom are just finding, trying to find a way to fight back so that we can all make it, whatever that means. But you look at all of the people in charge right now, who are they? They're a bunch of child devouring. I mean, we are in the, in fact, actually, let me take this back. This is the generation of Uranus the Greek titan who decided to devour all of his offspring, lest he be unseated as the Most High. We're there. Rejoice and repent and believe in the gospel. Rejoice that you were chosen for this time, a time that While in many cases, in many places across the United States and around the world, it doesn't look like a time of apocalypse. And I don't mean of the apocalypse. I mean a time of apocalypse. It doesn't look like a time of apocalypse in many cities, in many towns. Everything looks normal. People are going about their day-to-day life. But the tremors are beginning to happen. The earth is beginning to quake. The sky is, in fact, beginning to fall. Doesn't look like what we thought it would. We never thought it would be $5 and $6, $7, $8, $9, $10 a gallon gasoline. We didn't think it was going to be. Not through mismanagement. And don't get it twisted. This is not mismanagement. The supply chain issues we're having, this is not mismanagement. These people aren't making the mistake. It's deliberate. Just like the leak from the Supreme Court was deliberate. Just like the release, the news story of a monkeypox is deliberate. They're looking as... I mean, come on. Monkeypox? Come on. Have you ever heard of a dumber disease? It's obviously a ruse. Will some people get sick? Of course. But monkeypox? Come on. We're entering into an into an era of the auto demolition of the economy. But we're getting a reminder of what the word economy means. And I'm going to say it like this. For those who still had home economics available in school, home economics is redundant. Because economy means home so global economics is not a thing it should never have been a thing it should al- it should have always been about the home oikos it's about the house and the home that is where we get the word <clears throat> so the sky is falling the earth is shaking and we're not whistling past the graveyard we need to make ourselves ready for the correction because that's what's happening is we are being admonished and if we persist it'll get worse We're being admonished to come home. To return to God. That's it. And either you come home and you return to God, or you don't. And if you don't, you suffer. And even if you do, you suffer. Why? Because the people around you who are suffering because they refuse to return to God are going to do whatever it is that they can to make you suffer because you choose to obey. And when they do know that you've gotten yourself a crown. Why? Because our Lord promised. This isn't a time of great of great trouble. And these demons, these people who have decided that they've sided with the devil. They are in fact beyond contempt. They're not worth the time of day. They're not When you hear somebody spewing out their garbage, their vapid nonsense about racism or sexism or misogyny or homophobia or transphobia or whatever, know that these people are not serious people and you should not take them as such. But one last thing before we go, the thing I almost forgot. Here we are 47, 48 minutes into the podcast and I almost forgot. All of you out there who are lamenting that these people have decided that your children are not yours, you have forgotten that somewhere along the line, we allowed the creation of an entity known in some places as Child Protective Services, an entity of the state whose job it is to come and take your kids away if they deem it necessary. And you didn't strike this down immediately. And so now it has become everything. CPS is in the schools. It's in the school curricula. As they do everything that they can to distance your children from you. And then when you fight back, what do they do? They come by and they try to take your kids. You have judges telling telling parents that they don't have a say as to whether or not their 10-year-old child is allowed to transition from one gender to the next, as if that were a thing that was actually possible. And this was brought to you by the Department of Family Services. The agency that is Child Protective Services, or whatever it is that they call it in your city, county, or state. That was you, as a parent, surrendering your parental rights years before you even had kids. And I would go further, that it was the beginning. That it had its beginnings in divorce court when custody was allowed to be determined by an outside party. This, where we are today, where they're pushing today, is the logical conclusion when it's taken all the way that far. But nobody, when when these things were being stood up, nobody thought for a moment... Nobody thought, for a moment, well, what if you get a corrupt judge? In fact, Democrats and Republicans alike, Christians and non-Christians alike, said, well, just in case, this is a good backstop. Well, the backstop became the blunt instrument, became the weapon that they are now using against you as parents in your schools and in your homes. And the fact is, is when you let them do that, you gave up your say as a parent, which is why they believe that they can teach your kids critical race theory. They believe they can give your kids vaccines without your permission. They believe they can cut the genitalia off your little boy in order to, quote-unquote, turn him into a little girl. And they believe they have every right to do so, and you gave it to them when you opened the door to let the government in. When you did not say, my family, my choice. And for those of you who think that that is in some way, shape, or form an opening for the pro-abort Moloch worshipping agenda, you would be mistaken. Because murder is against God's law. And God's law reigns supreme. And abortion is murder. But once God has given you the children, he will hold you to account for everything. And many parents out there are not going to be able to say, oh, I didn't know. Because the obvious accusation from from a demon like me is going to be, how could you not know? Does this not follow? And I'm going to drag you through the logic. Does it not follow that if you allow this, then ultimately they're the arbiter and not the parent. The state becomes the arbiter and not the parent. And so you, in allowing this to be the case, in not shooting dead those government agents who kidnap children and put them in foster homes supposedly for their safety, by not shooting those people dead in defense of your family, you have brought this on us all. Oh, but it's the cops. Okay, should have had a gun. But they have guns. We should have had a bigger gun. Better guns, better trained, more commitment, whatever it takes. Because it might have been once upon a time about the quote unquote protection of the children. But what it really was, unbeknownst to all of us, it was a usurpation of the divine order established by God. And everything that has happened in the last century has been a usurpation of the divine order as established by God. And it doesn't matter how small the incursion. The fact is, is you let the devil in an inch and he's going to take the rest of your soul. He's going to take your soul, your spouse's soul, and the souls of your children if you let him. How do you dial it back? Easy. We've reached a point where soon the whole thing will burn. And we just don't do this again. We just don't make the same mistake again. But we man up like adults and we face the consequences of our actions, and we let it burn, and we endure the suffering, and we teach our children never again. Never do this again. You catechize your children. You teach them, you teach them the principles of the faith so that they know how to never do this again. Because the devil's going to come back if this isn't the final curtain call, and I don't think it is, because it can get so, so much worse. Because the devil can come back and do it all again and try to pry his way in. We were caught sleeping for a hundred years. Each of us individually caught sleeping time and time again. Thanks be to God in the highest, to the utmost, that he has given us the cross that we can always run back to that we can always sprint up the mountain to the base of the cross and embrace the cross and hold it hold on to it for dear life he has given us that because he knows we're weak he knows we're going to get distracted he knows we're not going to pay close enough attention he knows he knows our weakness he made us but every one of us who fails, Who says, well, it'd be easier to do this. It'd be easier to do that. It'd be easier, you know what? I'm just going to take the easy way out. I'm going to send my kids to school and I'm not going to teach them myself. I'm going to take a job outside the home and and not find a way to either move the home more closely adjacent to the job so that my family can see my example, so that my children can learn my trade, my craft, or at least, at a minimum, my outlook. Every one of us who have done so, and there, <laughs> and there have been many, will all be held to account will all be held to account for the choices that we make, be they good or bad. Our Lord has told us this too. So, I guess the lesson is prepare for the chastisement and take it like a man. It's coming, quickly. Oh, and dear family, when this thing burns, and it will, remember that it is the Catholic faith that provides the phoenix to rise. So while we're suffering, if you're thinking about abandoning the faith, I'd, I mean, you could do that. I'd recommend No. Because you're never going to come back. There will be no rising from the ashes if you abandon the faith. You will simply be consumed. It's that simple. It is good to be back. Finally. It is so good to be back. Finally not overwhelmed. Finally able to see everything more clearly. As with all things, anything I said about Catholic doctrine and dogma that's not in line with the faith, it's because I'm a mechanic and a warfighter and not a priest and a theologian. And even if I were a priest or a the- theologian, the fact is, is I was never a saint, although I do hope to be one day. <laughs> and, so I'm most, and I'm certainly not of the sort of intellect as, as the likes of St. Thomas Aquinas. So all of the faults are my own. But the message is pure. The message is simple. Adhere to the faith. Do penance. Take your punishment like a man. The punishment is coming. Figure out how best to endure it and how to show your kids to weather it. Time is ticking. and We don't have much left. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth.